Hi, and welcome to The Seer. Today, I wanted to highlight some of the most amazing seers that I know. My name is Elizabeth Tainfuk. I'm the founder of International Young Prophets. And today, we're going to talk about angels. We're going to talk about the seer realm. We're going to talk about um, how God is moving in the earth today with, with the angelic and you know how God has raised up so many seers for this hour. Um, maybe you have dreams and visions. This would be a, a broadcast that will encourage you and help you and get you more equipped and also some of the greatest leaders I know on the seer they've written books they've put out uh, things that you can listen to you on YouTube um, different things that you can be equipped and become such a strong seer following the Lord so I uh, some of my guests today is I have Anna Werner I have Jamie Galloway I have James Gall and Jonathan Stidham and these are people that I trust and I totally believe if you get their material you will grow in your gifting so I want to welcome, first of all, we all on here honor James Gall. James Gall, I believe, is he broke the seer realm at a different, um, I, I would say he's a pioneer probably um, in this, and he broke it at a different level for our generation. So all of us that are actually on here are actually being in, were influenced by James doing this. And so first, let's welcome James Gall. Okay. Hey, thank you, Elizabeth. And obviously, I have a uh, great appreciation for the International Young Prophets, but also have a relationship with everyone who is on the screen today with Elizabeth as an advisor to Anna uh, Warner. I think I wrote the forward for her first book for Jonathan Stidham, and he is wild and crazy, and he has an amazing seer miracle mantle. And then Jamie's one of my running buddies that we live here in the same area. And so it's just glad, good to be together because Isaiah says the new wine is found in the cluster. I want to mention two things on that. That we have joining of the generations here and we have the joining of genders. That is totally what is in Papa's heart for this period of time in modeling in the prophetic. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So James, let's start with you. When God started uh, to speak to you, like was there an age that maybe you were like, mm. I mean, I don't even know if the word really seer was really like a normal word because I, with the history of the prophetic movement, you know, during that time, it was even hard to be called a prophet, so much less a seer. So mm. when did you feel like, hey, I'm called to be a seer? Okay. First of all, uh, most people know that I was dedicated to the Lord before I was born. And so my mother had a miscarriage of a little boy on July 3rd, 1952. So yes, I just had my birthday. And then I was born exactly one year later to the date on July 3rd, 1952. So Jesus, and I was born of an Elizabeth. That's important. So I was an answer to prayer, and I came from a consecrated womb of a woman of prayer and holiness. So I don't know a day that Jesus has not been my best friend. So a John the Baptist type forerunner has been on my life the entire time. As far as the prophetic, I walked with God. I talked to God. I loved the hymns. And in the garden was a demarcation song. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. So it was normal for me to 
talk to God and God to talk to me. And I thought that was normal. The seer realm was dark for me in the beginning. It was more like uh, spiritual warfare coming against me, but I didn't understand that. So it wasn't until I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, but that's a long time ago, 1972 in the fall, that before I started speaking in tongues or prophesying, I had mental snapshot pictures, but there was no teaching. I didn't know what it was. So then I prayed for 10 straight years every day for the school of the prophets to come forth. And 10 years later, I met Bob Jones. And then I got grafted into that group of people that became the seer prophets out of Kansas City. So my first manifestation in getting baptized in the Holy Spirit was visions. And so you do look at, um, like it's like the law of first mention in scriptures. So you look at the, like the first gifting you manifested. For me, it was, that, it was visions. And then it was prophecy. And then it was speaking in tongues. That was showing to me calling. So I always heard the Lord, but the seer started, just started to unfold in 1972. So I've actually been prophesying, seeing visions, having regular dreams, angelic visitations for 48 years now. Wow. Well, you know, I, I'm just fascinated by that. So we'll come back to you, James, because I have so many questions for you. But let's switch into Anna Werner. So Anna, when did you notice that your, um, your seer gift, like you were a seer? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, first and foremost. I want to say thanks for having me on here. Um, so for me, my journey was more, it was just different. I had my first angelic encounter when I was five years old, which people can read about that story in my book, This Year's Path. I explained that. Um, but then I went through many, many years of, of just a dry season, I would say, where I didn't see in the spirit realm very much. I had a few encounters, but not a lot. And then um, the Lord took me through just an interesting journey. I was a missionary in the country of Brazil, and I was in my early 20s. I think I was like 21 at the time. And there I was in the drug trafficking slums. And a lot of times the slum life there um, is very, it's very dangerous because people don't understand. If you've been there, you understand that the, the slums zigzag like this. And so there can be someone just blocks away being trafficked or you might walk the corner and you'll come into a big drug bust. And so I was in that kind of a situation one time in Brazil and I decided to walk venture on my own to walk home. And I got completely lost in the slums. And as I was trying to figure out where I was and where, you know, and I was seeing all kinds of people carrying guns there in Brazil, they carry guns at six years old, which is hard to fathom, but like big guns. And, um, so there I was lost and all these people were approaching, coming towards me. And I really had that moment of thinking, uh, for one, I'm so stupid. I don't have like a cell phone on me. I don't even have any way to connect with anyone. What am I doing? I had that moment. And then I had um, this moment with the Lord where I said, God, you've got to really save my life. And I got down on my knees. It wasn't a prayer of faith. It was a prayer of like, God, help me. <laughs> and 
And um, I was crying, and, and I, I remember it just like it was yesterday. Right then, the Lord said, look up. And he said, just look up on it. And I, so I got up, and I, off my knees, I looked up, and I saw an angel um, just, just down at the very end of the block. And the angel picked a flower, and the, a real flower from the tree. Like a, people always ask me, that was a tangible flower. So a real flower. He picked it, and he dropped it at the corner, and then he just winked at me. And then he went around the corner. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. All I know is to chase the angel. And I say that because that's such a key to the seer realm. For me, that's been my journey, is childlike faith is such a key in opening up the seer realm, is, is when you... You just jump in and obey the God. When, when God says, do this, I just do it. And there's people see that and they think, well, childlikeness, I don't know. But there's actual um, a maturity in your faith level, I think, with the Lord where you just say, okay, I know God's saying this. So I'm going to do it even though I don't have understanding. So that was my journey. And I, I followed this angel throughout the slum. I went and got the flower. I, went around, I looked around the next corner and he was at the end of the block. And he did the same thing. And I kept following him. It was like a 45-minute journey through zigzagging through the slums. The last flower was dropped on the doorstep of my home. And um, I still have that flower. I saved that flower pressed into wow. my journal from that experience. And that, for me, was when it really opened up for me. And I began. There I was in Brazil. And James, he, his book, The Seer, I didn't, I didn't have that book at the time. I was so... It, like new to it all and I was there in the drug trafficking slums exposed to all of it I was seeing demonic I was seeing angelic it just totally opened up for me all of it and I was it was like training with the Holy Spirit but in a very fiery intense kind of uh, place where you know I would just see the demonic and say God what is this and I would learn to press in and ask the Holy Spirit for direction in what is that and now now that I see it what do I do with it how do I then go ahead and combat that thing that I'm seeing? And so there in the middle of the slums, that was my like very extensive training. Um, and from there, it just continued on and on. So that's a little bit of my first journey of seeing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that story, Anna. And so some of you that are watching, maybe you've had these encounters like this. Maybe you opened up things happen to you, maybe a little bit like James or like Anna. So Jamie Galloway. So Jamie, okay. So Jamie is one of the most respected next gen seers. And so it's such a joy to have him on here. And so Jamie, what was maybe like, did you have like a first encounter? Like where you're like, I know I'm called to be a seer. Was it like progressive? Yeah. You know, um, it wasn't until later actually that I had begin to understand language, the language of the seer. And so it wasn't necessarily an identification like, ah, I must be a seer. And so things begin to happen and unfold in my life that really shaped some of the language that I, I carry today. But they were very natural. It was, it was an unfolding of supernatural events that happened in my life as sort of were, were demarcation moments, marking me uh, for a specific type of grace. And so and I, and in, in my talks, I sort of... Uh, differentiate between the seer being a gift and the seer being more part of the nature that we have in Christ. And while some of us are more prone to hear, some of us are also more prone to see. And so we're strengthened in each of these areas in different and unique ways. And so God's made them both. It says the hearing ear and the seeing eye, he's made them both. For me, it was really growing up, I had a series of events growing up that really kind of shaped 
me in, in, in regard to utilizing my eyes more as a strength of perception, whether it's perception in the natural or perception in, in, in the spirit. And so I, I, I had a lot of dreams as a kid, tremendous amount of dreams, dreams that I could even remember today, having at four and five years old. And, and a lot of those dreams kind of uh, kept happening, reoccurring all throughout my life. And, uh, but the real moment uh, of a marking moment for me was actually when we were, I was living in uh, Nashville, and Papa James, you might remember this, but Nashville back in the mid-2000s was going through a drought. And we were having a drought. It was right around 2004. Uh, and I'm sorry, not, not 2004. It was right around 2007. And so 2007, we had this drought. And uh, it was getting to a point in the southeastern region of the U.S. that they were saying, don't wash your car, don't use excess water. It was really getting serious. And so it was hitting all the southeastern region of the U.S. And so I was taking some time off. And actually, uh, just about every, every month or so, I would visit with James and, and we'd talk. And I, I was just kind of taking some time off during that time of my life, really seeking the Lord for what it is that was next. And, um, and I can remember that season where the Lord started wooing me back into full-time vocational ministry. Well, it happened. what happened was all of that led up to right around uh, 2007 in the month of August. And right around the 23rd or 24th, I went to bed. And when I went to bed, I heard a, I, I was in a dream. And in this dream, it was like any other dream, but it started off with a doorbell ringing. But when I heard the doorbell, no longer was I in a dream. I was there. And so when I was there, all of a sudden I wake up, but I'm not in my bed anymore. I'm there where I'm experiencing whatever this, this realm is, which we now label as the seer realm. It's the realm where we have dreams, we have visions, we have angelic encounters and all of that type of stuff. It's sort of this supernatural sacred space in God's presence. And so when the doorbell rang, I thought, oh my goodness, somebody's at the door and I got to see. And all of a sudden, the door opened and in stepped the angel Gabriel. And when the angel Gabriel walked past the threshold of that door, I was so afraid, I went and hid in this encounter. I did not want to see him. I was afraid. But I thought, no, this is my moment. And I remember the angel Gabriel, when I looked at him, as he's walking into the room of wherever this place is, it's not something that you necessarily know. It's almost like, it's a realm, but maybe in the age to come, we'll know more about those type of things. And so I remember seeing this angel, the angel Gabriel, and thinking, this is my moment. Oh, my goodness. I better not miss this moment. And I ran at him and fell down on my knees, and I raised my hands, and I said, praise Jesus Christ. And I wanted him to know that I was not praising him. I was praising Jesus. And that was really for me, just a, just a powerful, profound moment. And he looked at me, and I remember staring at him, and he had, it was remarkable. And I'm not saying this is the same experience that everybody has, because we have to understand that in the seer realm, we all have unique and different encounters that are more subject to our own even opinions and perspectives. And that is okay. You know, while Ezekiel sees the four living creatures one way, John the, John the Revelator sees the four living creatures another way, and they're different but yet they're the same creatures around the throne. And so I remember seeing he had gold and, uh, gold and silver skin, and he had jet black eyes, and he had gold and black hair. And it was just really remarkable. He had clouds billowing at his feet. And I, and I remember he looked at me, he says, what are you waiting for? And, that's, and I woke up out of that. 
and all of a sudden it's raining in the natural. The drought that was going on, rain is coming down. Now the news reports the next day, Elizabeth, that the southeastern region of the United States, the drought is broken because a tropical cyclone formed over the Carolinas, and the name of the trop tropical cyclone was Gabriella. And it just hit me. Oh, my goodness. And, it, and I'm telling you, immediately I was thrust into prophetic ministry. It was almost like within a month. And I went from serving tables to traveling the nations. Wow. That's so powerful. I've never heard that story before, Jamie. Wow. If you're watching on here and you've had a story like this, Feel normal. We all have these different stories, and we want you to feel normal how God calls you. And so, Jonathan Stidham. So, I'm so excited. Jonathan, actually, before I introduce you, I actually had a vision of you speaking. We're talking about dreams and visions also in this. But I actually had a dream, I met a vision of while Jamie was talking, and I saw angelic, like I saw an angel from when you were little. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I saw you at different age, ages, and an angel has been with you during this time. But let's um, let's talk about a little bit of your, I mean, you're not just a seer. You have, like, these multi, as James said, these multifaceted parts of you. So, so you have a lot of revelation on being a seer. So maybe share your, how God called you in that arena. Sure. Um, first of all, I'm so humbled to be on here with all of you. Um, Wow. Anyway, so I, I'm still so much, I'm still very much learning. And so I'm humbled. I, I love hearing your stories, uh, Anna, Jamie. Wow. Uh, those, that was amazing. So I don't have a spiritual lineage. Um, I, I'm the first of my family. Um, I was, I didn't believe in God and I, until 15 when I got, I radically encountered Christ Jesus and was saved and baptized in the Holy ghost. And, um, I didn't know Genesis from Revelation, but I, I heard the voice of God. And um, I don't know that I could always say that I was a seer, um, but I immediately started hearing the voice of God and it shook me. I just never knew what to do with it because not only did I not have a spiritual lineage, my whole family got saved at the same time. My mom, my father, and all five of my siblings, um, because my sister who was eight got invited to a kid's church camp, got baptized with the Holy Ghost, and she led my whole family to Christ. Wow. Amazing. And so here I am today. Um, and so I just I just knew that when I, I had a radical, I was the last one out of everybody to get saved um, uh, just because of certain things I went through with being adopted and being given up for drugs, etc. And having a father complex. And so the Lord comes, I get saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I'm hearing him. I would walk past people and hear things about them. I would turn towards them and say what I heard and they would buckle and weep. And I was like, oh, this is a cool little thing I got going on here. I had no, honestly, I had no clue. It was, it was bizarre to me. I didn't know how to handle it. Um, fast forward, um, I dig into the word. I want to be discipled. And I would say it, it's probably been the last six or seven years um, through intimacy. And I believe necessity of where God was taking me um, that he opened my eyes into the seer realm. Um, out of intimacy. And, and this is what I want to tell people that if, if you desire and long um, to just love Jesus and want him, it, 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 is, it is fascinating the places God will take you and what he'll do with you. Um, so I was in prayer. I was on a fast. I was, I was praying in the spirit as much as I could over a 30 day period. Um, and the Lord touched my eyes one day in prayer and this hot fire came over my eyes and I began to see 
Wow. I mean, I began to see, and I didn't know what to do with that. When I, James, thank you so much. I mean, what you've done for all of us and paving the way and forging language and protocols and it, it's it it means everything because I mean immediately now not only here I'm seeing and I don't know what to do because I can when I when I would look at somebody I could see what they were doing I could see where they went I could see into their house I could see into their um, and so this this whole uh, unseen realm begins to unfold in the natural. And there's a collision of what's natural and unnat like unseen. And I don't know how to even differentiate anymore. All I know is I, I would I'd be talking on somebody's phone and then all of a sudden I would be seeing them. I'd see the color shirt they're wearing. I'd see where they were at when I was talking to them. And I would just say, hey, you're right by your couch wearing a black V-neck shirt. And they would totally get freaked out, Elizabeth, totally freaked out. I didn't know I shouldn't always do that. Honest <laughs> to goodness. <laughs> I didn't know, like, to me, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm just, I'm just in communication. So I had to go on a journey um, of, of protocols, teaching myself, disciplining myself um, to just allow things. And, 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 and still, I don't know that I can always discern between the natural and the, and the unseen or what we would call, um, you know, with the unseen realm or the second heavenlies, how they collide together. I'm still on a journey. But I've learned how to discipline myself, how to protocols and how to train my eyes not to go where I don't want them to go. Um, to use scriptures as my road, my, my guardrails and to honor and love people even in, in those places. So uh, that's it. And as far as the um, as far as angels, I know we were talking through angels. I really see angels on assignment in a lot in miracles, just like James said. So I'll see them touching people's body parts uh, where they want to be healed where wholeness needs to happen. And that's kind of um, how the angelics always work with me uh, in, uh, in the visible. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. So let's get into this. I want to tell you guys a story. So we're talking about dream. We'll get in dreams and visions and we can interact. Obviously some of those might include angels, but I remember I, I kind of grew up in the Brownsville revival and like went to Bible school there. So I remember um, I was in service and I would see like these in angels come into service and I would know what they were going to do in the service. Right. And so I got so like overwhelmed, but this is like years ago. Right. So I would be so overwhelmed. I remember asking the Lord, please take this gift from me. Like I'm tired of seeing so much. Like I just want to be in a service and just enjoy the service. So I don't know if any of you guys have done ever did that where you ask the Lord to take away your gifting, but cause my natural gifting is I do have a lot of dreams, but like my natural, like mode and this may be some of you watching online my natural mode is a visions I have visions and I mean when I have a vision you could take that thing is going to come to pass like that's how clear wow. they are to me and so where some some of you watching might be a little more dreams like you have more dreams and you do visions and so for me I had to go back to the Lord because whenever God he actually literally took it away from me I had to go ask him again because I felt like a part of who I am was missing and so I went back and I repented to the Lord. I said, God, however you need to train me to, to take on this gift, please at least give me the part of me that's now missing. And so he instilled and gave that back to me. So, so in that time, it's terrible when you ask the Lord to take it away. But I learned a great lesson that's been with me my whole since that time. And so, um, so I, you know, it's a normal thing, but you have to be trained into it. So if you're watching online and you're like, I'm overwhelmed with my gift or um, I need more 
training. These are people like Anna and Jamie and James and Jonathan. You can get their material and become stronger in your gifting. And if you have been like me where you've asked the Lord to take it away, please understand that God needs you to be in your gifting and go repent like I did. I went and asked the Lord for forgiveness and asked him to give me back my gifting. And he did, um, because I'm going to tell you a, a part of my life became so hollow because that was missing during that time. And so with that, let's go to James back again. So James, is there a, I mean, like, how does God speak to you? Like, I mean, does he, I, I know through like the Nobby prophet, but you are big into dreams and visions also. So maybe share a little bit of how God speaks to you that way. Yeah, thank you, Elizabeth. So um, I first would say I heard, you know, just out of my relationship. And then it unfolded progressively on the seer side today. The most consistent way I get assignments See, now there's different levels of, of seeing, hearing, encountering. My most consistent assignments come through dreams or encounters where either heaven comes into my room or I go to heaven. And so it would be a dream trance state. So that would be the most consistent way I get assignments. Now, there's a difference. Assignments versus like daily walk. Uh, but I almost always get some significant dream on every assignment that I receive. On all of my major demarcations, absolutely. I have something, though, that's burning in me I want to address. Seers are, I believe, could be born or born again or baptized in the Holy Spirit to be extra sensitive. This is a part of a personality makeup. It's a part of a human makeup. It's a part of a God makeup that is uh, towards your gift. So many prophetic Naba prophets aren't always necessarily more highly sensitive because they're more faith and it's a pulling and it's a drawing. But seers are much more sensitive in nature, climates, atmospheres, nuances, the angelic. So I got, I know I need to watch the time. I'm on another level of a journey of discovering another realm of the feeler. My highest dimension. Well, I'm known as a seer because I did write a forerunner book, The Seer, and a forerunner book, Dream Language. But my most developed area is the feeler. That is not a word in scripture. But I have been researching it. I've taught a whole class. I have a book coming out March of next year on all of this. Now, the reason I'm going into this is because I had a dream, an assignment where a friend of mine who's in heaven appeared to me, has a book, and says to me in the dream, and this man was a messianic prophet, he says to me, James, you must read about highly sensitive people. That dream rocked me. So I went online, and I actually found a book called The Highly Sensitive Person, a New York Times bestseller 20 years ago. There is a category today 
that actually exist in personality profiles of a highly sensitive person. Oh my goodness. When I have studied that and I've incorporated this into my new, I feel like I'm pioneering, like a pioneer the seer. I am pioneering language now about the highly sensitive prof prophetic intercessory person. And they're often seers, but they are feelers and how to deal with the extrasensory perception overloads. Wow. Because what happened to you, it was so much because highly sensitive people feel things others don't feel. They take in data that others, it just kind of runs off. They don't pay attention to it. But highly sensitive because of gifting and wiring is a major issue on how to deal with so i'm learning a lot all over again like i did on the seer i am now pioneering a language to help us know better how to carry to be sensitive and not curse your gifting but learn how to cooperate with it Wow, James, I would be the first one to buy that because I think you have this whole generation of like feelers yeah. and it's like they almost can be discounted because they're like, you're the weird one over there. So, so I think that's so appropriate in this season. So Anna Werner, so dreams, visions, how does God speak to you? Um, can you hear me okay? I think yeah. I muted for a second. So I don't primarily get a ton of dreams. And I wish I had more, <laughs> um, but primarily the Lord does speak to me through uh, visions and whether they be open visions or closed visions, meaning my eyes are closed and I see things or my eyes are wide open, open eyed. And just like I'm looking at you all right now, I'll see in the spirit something transposed over the natural, almost like if you had a movie playing <laughs> like over what you're seeing, um, that'll happen to me, which is scary when I'm driving. I'll be honest because I've got to pull over, but um, that's primarily how the Lord speaks to me. But it's in, I will say this, that most of the time there are exceptions. I'm in a place of pursuing the Lord when I get a lot of visions, a lot of downloads, there is times obviously where, you know, I'm just out in the yard with playing with my kids and I'll see something, an angel come up to me. But I will say the place of intimacy with the Lord is where I get a lot more is open to me. Um, there's something though really burning in my spirit. I want to just take a moment and share with you about the, the seer realm and being a seer, I will say this, because the Lord often will use me in the miraculous realm. Um, like Jonathan was saying, I, I, that happens to me all the time where angels come up and, and maybe they're carrying a spine. And I'm like, oh, there's an anointing for healing spines in the house. Like my bend is towards healing. But when the Lord took me in this journey, right, when I was in Brazil, where I was seeing demonic and learning how to do deliverance and healing. But where it really increased for me was when I could connect to the heart of the Father for the person that I was ministering to. So it, there's a part of, you get the prophetic revelation, 
But when the Lord would say, now, I want you to not only feel, but see this person in front of you the way I see them. And I could connect my heart of compassion, could connect to the compassion that Jesus had for the person. And then I would minister. Wow, did I see the miraculous increase. There was something that took off in my own personal ministry with that, where I wasn't just looking for the prophetic revelation to release, but I was connecting to uh, also, God, now what is your heart um, for this? And I mean, I know that sounds obvious, but sometimes when we're as a seer, we can go after just getting the revelation or prophets. But if you miss the heart of compassion, um, you're missing out. Um, the Lord, when he, when you can connect to the compassion, I'll, I'll just share a short story. When I was in, we were in Nepal, one of the craziest miracles I ever saw, we were asked, my husband and me were asked to go into these uh, tent, there were people living in tents and mud kind of was their home. And we went into this, we ducked into this tent and they asked me to pray for this lady. And I'll remember, I'll never forget, she lifted up her shirt and it was, she had like this wound in her stomach that was open. And I was like, in, inwardly, I was like, God, I don't do wounds. <laughs> like, I was like, God, <laughs> I don't do this. But I do love, like, I love miracles. But if, if there, could I like just heal her arm or her leg or, you know, but not ooze, you know. And the Lord told me, he said, Anna, you're going to hug her. And he said, you're going to hug her. And I was like, okay. And he said, and you're not going to let go until she lets go. So I went to hug her. I could feel the ooze touching my shirt. I mean, let's be real. And that's not my thing, right? I'm like, you know, inwardly I'm cringing. She's crying on my shoulder. But then, and for a while, and then she pulled back and she lifted. And I said, are you okay? And she, you know, I had a translator. She lifted up her shirt and the wound was completely gone. Like there was no scar tissue. There was not even a trace, a line of where it had been wide open before. And I looked in her face and for a very second, I'm not keen for a second, I saw the face of Jesus look back at me through her. And that was one of the miracles that so impacted my life. And so I say, you know, like this whole thing with the seer realm, if we're going after not just the anointing or the power, but it is it from that place of intimacy with the Lord and also displaying his compassion for the world, for every person that we're used to minister to or speak into, or, you know, we shift atmospheres as seers as well. It's through the avenue of, of compassion. But when I could connect for me personally, when I could connect to that, um, the compassion side, of, of Jesus, not just the word or the vision or the, you know, but I would get it. But then compassion says, okay, Jesus, now how do you feel for this person right now in front of me? Who, how do you feel for this person? I'm talking to you right now. And I would feel the Lord's heart and then move from that place. My goodness, could I see miracles would just take off. Then it was not just the one person with the spine. It was like the 70 people in the room that needed the healing for the, the spine getting healed. So just I, that was burning in me just to share about, we, we have to know that as, as we talk about the prophetic and the seer, we cannot lose the Lord's heart for yeah. people. Yeah, I love that. You know, I was thinking when you were saying that how 
maybe that's part of a little bit of the qualification also in maturity because i remember richard roberts was telling the story about oral roberts when he started praying for the sick and he would go through during the tent revivals and all of a sudden he got to this one guy that had cancer that was laying on a bed and he said that he went to pray for uh, he went up to pray for him but he smelled so bad oral roberts is like i can't do this so he went to leave but he heard the lord said if you want me use if you want to be used in healing movement you have to be willing to go past all of that and so he said he literally went through and he he was so nauseated praying for this guy that smelled a cancer and he prayed for him and so i think like david hogan's told stories about that where like they've been so nauseated praying for someone that really smells a sickness i think and that really changes your level i don't know why god does that but what a great thing about compassion for as you're walking as a seer for people to have that. So, all right, Jamie Galloway. So, how, well, Jamie, do you have, are you more predominant to dreams, visions? Yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm kind of, everything goes in seasons. For me, it's sometimes dreams, other times it's visions. And other times, you know, I actually don't hear as much in dreams and visions. I hear more in my knower. And so, you know, I have to begin to really dial into how the Lord wants to speak to me and be okay with that. The reason why I think God is always keeping us on our toes. He wants us to live by faith, not by sight. And so if we, if we start to develop in one area and overdevelop, it's sort of like being in the gym and, and all you got is one arm really overgrown, overdeveloped, and the rest of your body is sort of, you know, what, what's going on? Where's the rest of your body? That's what happens in the spirit when we get super dependent upon one area and God will keep us on our toes. And it's not because God's trying to uh, necessarily shift us out of uh, one identity or the other. It's actually him. He's trying to get us to understand more about him and that he's the complete new man. He's the, he's, he's the, you know, he is in Christ. We are that one new man. And that, and that one new man really is exemplified through, through Christ Jesus. And so we look at him and he's fully developed. He's got seven horns and seven eyes. It's what it says in the book of Revelation. That's full insight and full, and full strength and power. And so he's got both. We've got the spirit of counsel. We've got the spirit of might. We've got the spirit of knowledge. We've got the spirit of the Lord, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. These are all kind of balancing each other out in a perfect, most beautiful way, not competing with one another. And so until we come to the unity of the faith and the full knowledge of the Son of God, we're going to have to actually learn how to develop all these characteristics, all these different natures of Christ, not because we're trying to fit a certain ministry role. You know, my goal is not for me to develop further in ministry, but for me to develop further in life. And so if life is calling, which it is to each and every one of us, we have to have lifestyle uh, uh, sort of uh, supernatural. The supernatural that lends itself more toward lifestyle than just being fit, fitting within a ministry or a church. Therefore, I can be very natural everywhere I go. So dreams. You know, one of the easiest ways to have dreams is get a better sleep life. Invest in a better pillow. Jesus took a pillow on the boat. There must have been something really special about that pillow. But maybe that's why Jesus is always in a place of revelation because he was always focused on how do I enhance my ability to hear God. He was, he was alone in the garden with God in the, in, 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 in the Mount of Olives, which we would call the Olive Garden. You know, he was, and he, was, he was there with the Lord experiencing his presence, with the Father experiencing his presence. And so, you know, for us, we're always sort of uh, posturing ourselves and, and, and 
allowing the Lord to sharpen us in our hearing ear in different ways. And sometimes, and I know James has written about this. I'm sure, Anna, you've, you've, you've have some stuff on this. But, you know, sometimes the Lord doesn't speak to us in our knower. He speaks to us in our body, our okay. physical body. Our physical body is another place of perception of God's uh, invisible realities. And so my body becomes a, a, a sort of a, a place for God to use uh, to, to, to cast, cast uh, maybe vision or, or language or something that he wants to do. And so, for instance, here's something that happens to me. And I'm, I, don't, I don't mean this to be spooky, but it's something very natural now to me in my life that whenever I know someone is praying for me, I feel an energy on the back of my head that is a beautiful, intense, um, very peaceful energy. And I know it's the Lord giving me through the gift of discerning of spirits an understanding that he's someone out there is praying for me. But I also know if someone comes to me with a different kind of agenda other than God's agenda, that's not even necessarily a demonic agenda, but it could be something that could lead to confusion. I will feel a pain in the same spot that I feel an energy on the back of my head. And it could be a pain like, like a nail shooting through the back of my head or some kind of throbbing pain right back there. To me, that's one of the many different ways that God speaks to me about things that are going on. And we have to understand that the seer, the language of the seer, goes beyond just our eyes. It's actually, I think it would be more, more uh, I, I think, culturally friendly if we called it the perceiver, someone who perceives. It's that we're perceiving invisible realities. And so how do you perceive? Sometimes with your body, sometimes with your eyes, sometimes with your ears. Sometimes I perceive a message to be really good because I'll start to taste honey on my lips. If someone is speaking, I'm listening in church to a preacher speaking, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, I start tasting honey on my lips. What's the Lord telling me? He's saying, you better pay attention, taste and see that the Lord is good because that guy or that gal that is speaking is carrying some next level revelation, and that is important. Wow. Wow, I love that. Um, so Jonathan Stidham, so I know you're, you're Nobby and Seer. Um, he's our multitask guy. <laughs> so Jonathan, how does, how does the Lord, like when it comes to dreams and visions, how does the Lord speak to you primarily? Sure. Uh, James, did you have something to say there? Yeah, I wanted to uh, accent some language that uh, Jamie just used. Because in the New Testament, the word seer does not appear. It's all in the Old Testament. So I have analyzed, prayed through, considered all of this for a long time. I believe, personally, the seer anointing in the New Testament is coupled especially with the gift of discerning of spirits. Mm. And the word discerning means to perceive distinguish, differentiate. So, Jamie, I agree with you, but that would also be why I wrote the material, The Discerner, because that is a part of perceiving. So, I think the seer in New Testament language is more coupled within the gift of discernings of spirits. I just wanted to add that in. No, I, I love that, James. Um, discernment is so important in the season, too. So I love that. And this is just like a little bit of a funny thing. I thought, Jamie, a next book you can you can write is called The Jesus Pillow. 
No. <laughs> There's something special on that pillow. I'm not sure what it was, but he took with – who takes a pillow on the boat? I see grown men taking pillows on airplanes, and I go, that's amazing. That reminds me of Jesus. <laughs> so I love that, James. So Jonathan. Yeah, so I think, Jamie, you articulated that so well. I want to – I just – just say Selah there. Um, and I would say that if I had anything else to say, I see primarily through the scriptures. Um, I mean, my God communication is the word. And, and so honestly, like anytime God wants to open up something over somebody's life, he wants to speak to me through them. It is, it's through the word and I look for it through the word. God confirms that thing. So, um, you know, I have, you know, anyway, so I remember um, if you've met Christopher, it was just last week. Um, I felt like I was because Christopher is one of the most profound seer prophets I've ever met in my life. And he is so young, Jamie, um, y'all would love him. Mm. And uh, so we're in service and we've been hosting a revival together. So every night we're ministering together and pushing together and laboring together. And we've had thousands of people come out and crazy stuff's happening. And he's just going, I mean, he walks up and your name's Kimberly and da, 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 da. And, and we, we both kind of work in that word of knowledge realm together, but it had totally shut up off and I walk back there and I'm feeling defeated. Like I told Christopher, I feel so defeated, man. I was like, I can't, I'm not seeing, man. You're seeing, I'm not seeing what's going on. And the Lord spoke to me, said, John, I'm not moving in that realm with you right now. I want you to concentrate on miracles. Mm -hmm. And the, so the next service I went in just, okay, we're going to push into miracles. And the serum exploded and, mm -hmm. I, and this whole other, and I was like, oh God. And his grace is just so sufficient for everything we need and every situation. Um, but the only other thing is scripture. I mean, I, you know, through dreams, a scripture will come to me and it'll unfold about somebody's life or where they're going in a vision. I, uh, God will speak a scripture to me and it opens up a vision to me. Um, I, I love the word. I eat the word. And so, and I, and I would say even in reading scripture, just being able to see into that scripture. Um, so a lot of people, you think if you're not seeing angels, well, see, being able to see the scripture as revelatory, as prophetic now is just as much as the seer realm as seeing angels bringing scrolls to you. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's so encouraging too, Jonathan, because if you're watching and God's maybe using someone different than you, don't be jealous of them. You know, just say, hey, God, what do you want in this season? I think like you just reevaluating with the Lord, like how, how do you want to use and not just staying in the place of like, hey, I'm down because I'm not being used in word knowledge. But God says, no, I'm using you in miracles. That's where I want you to. So I love that, Jonathan. So if you're watching online and you're like, God, I want to be used in this, pursue God in those areas, but also know, stay in your lane. Like staying whatever God's trying to use you in that season for. And so, all right. So we're in the last 15 minutes of this. And so I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about angels for this one, because I think in this season, um, angels are on the increase. I remember towards the end of last year, I saw such an increase, even in our ministry, these angels would show up that we would have angels of glory or angels of harvest that would come in our meetings and like, um, just learning to discern, let's use that word, learning to discern angels um, and their assignments, whether you're watching and you're, pro you're a prophet and you need to know how angels are operating, 
or you're, um, or for some reason, maybe God's speaking to you in a different way. So I, I think it's very good that we understand. First of all, we don't worship angels. So if you're watching it, we do not worship angels. They're messengers sent, right? So, so how, let's change this up a little bit. Jonathan, you guys are in revival. I'm sure you felt the increase of angels in your meeting. Um, how do you guys, how do you guys deal with what to do? Because the angels are on assignment and in, in, especially you're in revival. Sure. Uh, you know, we partner with angels. We all have our responsibilities and roles in the kingdom of God. Um, and so just as the Lord watches over his word to perform them, the performance is done through the angelic host. I mean, the uh, Holy Spirit, I love Romans fourteen seventeen that all things, the Holy Spirit, uh, the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. He takes charge over those matters. Um, I can tell you an incident. I literally uh, had saw an angel that stewards economy come into a service. And all I did was announce his presence. And, and, and here's the thing. When you feel, sense, know, or see an angel, if you can just recognize that angel, it charges that angel to do and perform the mission and mandate on its life. So all I did was take recognition. I said, hey, there is an angel here for economy. I did not take an offering. Okay, that's not what I was there. I just said, whatever you do, check your bank accounts now, because if this angel's here, his assignment is being fulfilled. And a, a couple came in there, all they had to their name was $400, and they had been sowing faithfully, giving in revival. I think it was day 12, and they checked their phone, and $53,000 had been deposited in their bank account. $53,000 have been deposited. Um, and so and that's, that's been kind of my, my journey with Angelic Coast is learning to recognize, partner with. Jamie, I loved how you said we don't worship angels. Elizabeth, you just um, echoed that we don't worship angels, but we all have our role. Um, I was telling you earlier about how with the miracles, I'll literally see angels touch body parts in people. Um, and that's how I know, hey, this is the word of knowledge from the Lord. Now, I give all credit to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll say the Holy Spirit told me or Jesus is telling me because angels don't want the recognition. They're there to assist us in bringing the fullness of the kingdom of God and making it manifest in the earth so Jesus Christ can be glorified on all fronts. Yeah, and and just Jonathan, before we switch really quick, um, sure. one of the things I had called, I had actually called you about this because um, when Jesus was going through the wilderness, and I, I want to say this because I feel like this is really important for some people that have gone through really hard seasons, uh, or this past season has been a really tough season for you. Um, I, I actually was studying on this, and I called Jonathan because he's so full of the word. I love it um, that Jesus, when he was going through the wilderness, you know, he was tempted with all these things that actually he got authority with but it said that the angels came to strengthen him and so remember when I talked to you about this I loved what you shared so do you want to share a little bit about that so if you are in a tough season remember angels God sends angels also to strengthen you uh, sure yeah it was it was really good so we talked about how the angels came to uh, administer the word um, we uh, to to fill the Lord back up with assignment with role with objective um and so that that was actually a really good point i remember elizabeth um uh, i was driving down the road and anna i i totally um i totally understand where you're coming from and i saw an angel literally come with a contract for somebody and the contract was for twenty five thousand dollars in a new building um and and that was the assignment they needed what i didn't know is they were going through a hard time and needed strengthening just like jesus did after he'd gone through a test 
and that angel was coming to strengthen them, but the strength came with the answer. And if you notice, the next thing Jesus did was go out performing miracle signs and wonders. So those angels came with uh, the answers. Those angels came with the joy. The angels came with the celebration. They came with the praise. They came to give him strength. They came to remind him of his purpose and his assignment. Because anytime you've been tempted, gone through a test, or been through a battle, you need to be reminded of your purpose. You need to be reminded of your destiny. So that was, uh, I think, the, the gist of our conversation. Yeah, yeah. And so why don't we do this in like two minutes? Let's talk two minutes each meaning. Um, so Anna, um, let's talk about angels. Like you shared that one story in Brazil. I meant, I know this has to be like a normal life for you <laughs> talking about angels. So do you have like another story you could share with us? Maybe how angels yeah. operate in your life? Well, I just want to encourage those who are watching this, who are like, I want to see angels and I'm not on it. How do you know, how do I do that? And my journey with my own daughter, she's six years old and she's like a little seer in training. <laughs> and so, um, just a short story with that. And it, it'll encourage you is because she is a super feeler as Papa was saying, James, she's a super feeler and she senses. So she can almost sense when an angel is in her house, when an angel's in the room, but she can't see. And we were driving, one day in the car and an angel actually showed up in the back seat. My kids were worshiping and in their little car seats, an angel was there. And she said, mom, is there an angel in the car? And I was like, I don't know. Let me look. So I adjusted my mirror. I'm like, yes, there is. It's sitting between you two. And she said, I can't see mama. How come I can't see him? And I said, baby, I want you to do something for me. And this is, this goes for anybody watching this. Yes, it's in language for a six-year-old, but you can take this as an adult and apply it in your own life. And we don't worship angels, okay? We've said that, but, but we all want to experience what they carry, right? And what they're bringing. So I said, I want you to do this. Um, get really still. Close your eyes. And let's just pray that you can connect to the Father right now. And I just said, Jesus, would you open her spiritual eyes to be able to see what's in the car right now? And then I said, get really still. Baby, what do you see? Close your eyes. What do you see? And she goes, well, she got really still. And she's like, I see this. And she goes on to describe, check this. She goes on to describe the angel to an absolute T in detail in detail his hair color his wingtip color what he was wearing i mean in detail the angel looks at me and i'm like crying right i'm like totally wrecked i'm crying the angel looks at me and winks and is gone so i just want to encourage those of you who are like because sometimes you can get you can hear these things and you feel a little bit discouraged and think well these seers are like these uber prophets or whatever this isn't for me this is for the elite but I want to encourage those who are watching this right now that those simple things can help you. Part of the journey with seeing, which is the most discouraging thing or gets in the way, is we get so busy in our mind that we, we don't even have space <laughs> up there, right? And we need to get still, get to that place of being really still with no agenda where you just say, Papa, Lord, what is on your heart and the enemy will immediately come with trying to bring in his list of things and you know and you'll get distracted and so just bind that spirit of distraction write down whatever go back into that and say papa i want to connect to your heart what's on your heart show me 
Would you show me? Father, I pray for people right now who are watching this, who are in that place where you just want to be encouraged. You want your spiritual eyes to be open. I pray that your spiritual eyes would be open right now. And I just speak impartation that it comes now with ease. It's nothing that you've got to do, nothing that you've got to press and press and press. I just say from that place of actually rest and intimacy with Jesus, you're going to start being able to see in Jesus' name. Wow, wow, I love that activation by Anna. All right, so Jamie Galloway. So Jamie, do you have any story or anything you'd like to share with us of any angelic encounter? Yes, uh, you know, Psalm 103 says this interesting thing. It says uh, about angels that they heed his word and they do his word and they heed the voice of his word. You know, that's the the, the mission and commission of angels is that they're they're about the Father's Word. They're about Jesus' Word. And so whenever the, the Lord releases angels, there's a, a purpose for them to accomplish the Word of God in our life. And so they're not just out there doing, you know, willy-nilly, running around, you know, uh, trying, you know, shooting arrows. You know, these are all kind of Hollywood imaginative things that we, we think. But they're actually really, their purpose is really about the Word that God has spoken not only over us, but in his word. And so when we read the word we're, and, and then we begin to act on the word, we actually activate the realm of the angelic. My daughter came home from school and she was on a school bus and uh, she was having a little trouble with one of her, her buddies and her school buddy was giving her trouble. And so I could tell that she was harboring some bitterness towards her friend. And I said, hey, you know, let's pray about this. Let's talk about this. And so she was like, no. I don't want to talk about it. I said, well, here, here's the deal, babe. I said, it sounds like you got a little bit of thing called unforgiveness. And, you know, Jesus says, we got to forgive. If your brother hurts you seven times, then forgive. If 70 times, then forgive 70 times. This is an, a new thing I was teaching her. And she says, I don't want to do that. And I said, hey, here's what I'll do. I want to give you a moment to l l think about it. So she went out. I remember she sat down. In the backyard, I had a, uh, a nice little uh, uh, patio set back there, and she was sitting out in the backyard. And there were some leaves kind of piled around, and it was a, it was a fall time of year, and so leaves are all on the ground. And the Lord said to me, go to the window and watch what I'm about to do. And so I said, okay. And I had my cup of coffee. I'm sitting there watching her. She's out in the back, and she stands up, and I actually told her how to forgive. I said, you make a declaration. You make a it's like you say, you say a statement, I forgive so-and-so. And she said this statement out loud. And she was at that time under 10. So she's getting up and she's just cute. She's tiny, you know, she stands up and she starts making this statement. And it was just such a special moment. And when she makes this statement, all of a sudden, I could see her, I can't hear her because I'm in the, I'm in the house looking out the bay window at her and I could see this her, she's making a statement out into the atmosphere. She's standing up, and the leaves literally start swirling all around her. And I'm talking about the leaves are, are going like a, a, a clockwise you know, whirlwind all around her. And I said, what is that, Lord? And it wasn't just a minute or a second. It was like 45 seconds to a minute of, this, of the leaves just swirling in almost like exactly around her in the space that she was inhabiting. 
said, Lord, what is that? He says, I've sent my angel to assist her to accomplish my word. And I knew it was that Hebrews, where it says he makes his angels winds, his ministers flames of fire. You know, when the Lord tells David, he says, when I have sent out my great army among you, then you will hear them in the rustling of the leaves. And so the leaves on the trees would rustle. They would literally move because of the blowing of the wind. And the and David would know that his God's great army, the angelic hosts, were actually on assignment to help him accomplish this great victory. Maybe God is doing things in the natural around us, signs and wonders, and we need to pay attention. Why is it certain things or certain events keep happening over and over in your life? Maybe angels are on assignment trying to send a message your way. And I think we should really rename the way that we, we say, are you hearing God's voice? Because everybody can you know, hear the voice, but at the same time, miss the message. And, you know, it's important that we get the message, not just hear the voice, but we perceive the message. And so I think we need to really rename that idea to hearing God's message or perceiving God's message. And a lot of times God is speaking and we don't even realize the way that he's talking. And it doesn't always come in English. Oh my goodness, if that, was the, if that was the way God spoke, it would be super simple, but it's a faith journey and it requires us to really know his ways and lean in, and it's a journey. Wow. Uh, so James, Jamie, that's such a powerful thing. So um, I, I wanted to do this because we do want to close. I intentionally had James from the beginning to the end to be bookends for this because I wanted him. Um, I, I believe if you're watching online that you need to have mothers and fathers around you. I'm such a champion. Anybody knows me. This is like so important. I'm successful because I surround myself with mothers and fathers around me to help me. So the thing is, we get to stand on their shoulders and so we honor them we have real relationship with them and so not James Gall's not going to be everybody's father but he can inspire you through his books and um, maybe you have people in your area that are mothers and fathers that would be great for your gifting you're if you're a seer if you're a different type of prophet that can really mentor you so please don't try to be a lone prophet please submit yourself somewhere that you can learn and be equipped well um, because I, I believe that God is raising a whole generation that can be healthy from the womb to the tomb. It doesn't mean your journey didn't have like curves, but you can be healthy in the middle of that. And so I believe that. And so James, uh, to close out talking, um, I wanted you to share uh, maybe, well, first of all, I will say this, and I hope this is okay to say, but I remember the first time, I think it was Charlie Champ and I came to visit you at your house the first time we came to visit. And I remember I sat down on the couch and all of a sudden, I looked over and I saw this angel and it was on assignment to like protect you. And I saw this angel, it literally, the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm so like taken with it because it will not get its eyes off of you. And it was like, this is, this is like, this angel knew its assignment is to, to take care of you. And one of the things I feel personally that for our generation is God is using you as a father representing him in the prophetic movement to raise up a, 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 like this whole company of prophets. And so like you, your assignment is so needed in this hour. And so 
I remember thinking, wow, okay, uh, James has got angels in his house, but I remember seeing this one angel just the whole time I'm there did not get its eyes off of you. So maybe you could share also a a time. I know you probably have tons of stories, um, but maybe share a time where maybe like there was a, a, a point where an angel came and really it was a significant change for you. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Um, I want to build on what everybody has shared. While these are specialties, they are available to every believer because God is not a respecter of persons. And so a lot of it deals with hunger. A lot of it deals with prayer. A lot of it deals with passionate pursuit. Yes, it deals with calling and distinct destinies. Now, I'm going to shift something here because while I've been watching and listening, I've been taking notes. So, Anna, I want to say to you, I saw 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. It is like a life verse for you, and it is the ability to pray for those who do not see that they can see, like from one generation to the next. And Elisha prayed for the servant for his eyes to be opened. And he, all he did was said, Oh, Lord, open the eyes of your servant that he might see. The Lord has put an anointing on you of a Second Kings chapter 6, verse 17. And, and then I was asking the Lord about everyone has an on-ramp. Everyone has, we all have the general things that we're all supposed to do. But then God gives a key. But the word I was like seeking the Lord on, what is these people's, what's their on-ramp? And obviously, Anna, it is worship and compassion is your on-ramp into the higher dimensions. And then, Jamie, I had a word that came to me about a book, and you used the word. It's called Invisible Realities. I believe just like you wrote The Secret of the Seers, I literally believe there will be a sequel. I believe that it could be called Invisible Realities. And I asked the Lord, I said, what's his on-ramp? And what came to me, we know in part, we see in part, we prophesy in part. But what I saw for you, Jamie, was the words relational. Your gift functions relational and it functions naturally. It's not hype, it functions relationally. So it doesn't make any difference if you're in a restaurant or you're at an airport, you're in a person's home or you're on a platform. Your grace function is relational and why is that? It's because you value the person more than you actually even do the gift. And so it functions relationally and totally naturally. So I'm using this as an example, as a teaching point for all of you out there, that we each have different ways that we we move. Jonathan, it's faith. It's all faith. It's word of faith. It's the word. It's faith. Your on-ramp is not as much about a gift of prophecy. It is by faith. And you are called out of a, I saw Mark eleven twenty two, where you are going to exhort a generation to say, have faith in God, which could be rendered, 
have the faith of God. So I want to speak a Mark 11, 22 to you. And I just say to you, you have a gift of faith, a measure of faith, and you've got a calling to charge people to exercise their faith because all things are possible to the elite. All things are possible to them who believe. So I was asking the Lord, obviously, about Elizabeth. And this is so unusual. So I saw 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 28 to 31. The Lord is going to illuminate for you in the Word of God, revelatory teaching out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 28 to 21, that first in the church there's apostles, second there's prophets, third there's teachers and administrators, gifts to seeds. And I was asking the Lord, well, what about Elizabeth? And, and this is what I got. Your higher realm happens through facil facilitating. I think, the, I think that this is actually a form of a Holy Spirit gift of administrations, but we think administrations one way, and I, right now I'm pondering that God sees administrations more relational, and we see administrations as programs. Yes, it's good systems, but you function in your higher realm in facilitating and when you build platforms for others, you go to another realm. So, summarize, Anna, Anna, excuse me, Second Kings, chapter 6, 17. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and, it, and your life call has a lot to bring, the seer anoint. We all, I know this, we know this, but I want to use this. It goes into the healing rooms and the multiplication of the healing rooms. And it's a holistic anointing that is upon your life to bring the different elements of healing, body, soul, and spirit, spirit, soul, and body all together. It's compassion. It's worship. Jamie, it's relational. It's relational. It's relational. It's natural. It's relational. And it is invisible realities. Uh, Jonathan, it's faith, it's faith, it's faith. It's Mark 11, 22, have faith in God. And Elizabeth, it's 1 Corinthians 12, 28 to, to 31. And it is by building a platform for another and facilitating their higher good, you reap what you sow. And as you sow that for others, you are actually in God reaping a harvest from out of helping build the platforms for others. So I just bless all the watchers and listeners and the hungry people today. And we agree, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And so we say over you, you will grow in a Hebrews 5.14 and the mature will practice their senses to discern good and evil. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Papa James Gall. And so it's so good to have so many on here. It's been so good to have Anna Werner, Jamie Galloway, James Gall, and Jonathan Stidham. Um, tomorrow, we're, I'm actually going to have, um, be hosting during the day. It'll be 11 a.m. 
Pacific, 1 p.m. Uh, Central. Um, uh, Patricia King, and we'll be talking about apostles and their role in the world today and how to function with uh, prophets. Um, so that'll be fun tomorrow. So if you can join us online, that would be awesome. Um, also, Jamie, I think James's word about a book is way better the name than my uh, <laughs> Jesus pillow. <laughs> so but thank you guys so much for joining us online today um and just go out get these guys books follow them online and um and get equipped so you god can use you as much as he wants to use you thank you so much for joining us